When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and I'm delighted today that joining us is the one and only James Dentley. How are you doing today, James? I am outstanding. You know, Jen, every day is a great day, and some days even better. Today's a better one. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and you live in a beautiful city, so that makes it pretty as well. But I want to take this opportunity to introduce you properly and let people know who you are just in case they don't. We should never make those assumptions, right? So I'm not going to read your entire bio because your bio is a mini book. Yeah, yeah. A mini book all by itself. But James is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, a philanthropist, one of the nation's top life and business strategists, and we all need this renowned motivational speaker. And there's a difference between motivation and inspiration. And I'm curious Mm. what your take is on that. I'll ask you about that in a few minutes, but you speak all over the place. Uh, Interesting that you have a book called MLM Mastery because I have a podcast called Mortgage Lending Mastery. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's kind of interesting. A gentle giant, boy, are you. One of the things I love about watching you speak, and I've had the pleasure of being in your presence, speaking on the same stages as you have as well, is everyone wants to hug you when they're done. (laughs) People come up to me and they want to say hi and all that stuff, but they just want to hug you. I just love your big teddy bear. You're a huge philanthropist. You've won many, 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 many awards, both in your city and some other places as well. And what you do is you teach people how to be better speakers. You teach people how to be better, just better and not even better. Great. So anyway, that's your introduction. I'll have your bio in the complete thing because (laughs) if you're listening to this, James isn't just any person. This is a mega, mega, mega guy who has been on Oprah who just recently, and unfortunately I couldn't be at City Gala this year because I had another speaking event, just recently awarded Richard Dreyfuss, right? You were giving him the, was it a humanitarian award? No, it's a legacy award. I was the first recipient. Yeah, there's a couple of them. So you were, you know, with Richard Dreyfuss, Oprah, and all, all of these wonderful people. So unfortunately I wasn't there this year, but, and obviously Ryan Long, our dear beloved Ryan Long. So let's get started. I want to know, James, because you talk about all this motivation and helping everyone move forward, right, and be the best that they can be, and you're surrounded by beautiful people. Your wife is a beautiful, beautiful soul, but I want to know, where did all this start? Wow. Well, first of all, Jen, let me say that it's an honor to be a part of your podcast and your community. We all have such tremendous respect for you, and we celebrate you. And we encourage you to continue on your phenomenal work because it does really make a difference. First of all, we all have a story. And and mine 
growing up, my mom was a single parent. I'm the only boy. I have three sisters. She worked in the grocery store during the day, and they often asked us, oh, who used to watch you? I said, we watched each other. Y'all watch y'all. <laughs> yeah, right. And her job was right across the street. So, And I was a very, very active kid. But I remember she had a sign that sat on our freezer, and it had one word. It just said, think. Hey. And I'm uh, 62 years old. I remember it like it was yesterday. I can see the sign, the exact color, exact words. The, the backdrop of it was silver, the black words think on it. And I've always been a person who just tried to think things through. To my, I always had this big imagination. Uh, part of that is being an Aquarian. I'm not really that deep into astrology, but I own mine. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't try to analyze other right. people, but yeah, whatever they say, that's me. And I always had this big imagination. I was always the dreamer. I was always the risk taker, the person that just wanted to buy my mom a home. I was the guy that we didn't have much, but I would go out and get jobs as early as eight years of age. I would take a bus literally and go 15 miles and work during the summer. So I always had a work ethic because if I wanted to have the things that uh, my mom couldn't afford to get us, I had to make it happen. I remember coming home and balling up money and throwing it in my sister's drawers. I don't know why I would bottle it up. I would bottle it up into a ball. No, just not laying out the bills. I'd bottle it up and throw it in there. I was one of the people that was dramatic. I would take the trash out and I would have to put a suit on because it was boring. That's awesome. So I didn't want to take the trash out, so I would put a suit on to go from the back door to the track to the dumpster. And, <laughs> and this was, was my life. I got a job in a restaurant on my 17th birthday. You were supposed to be 18 to get the job, and a young lady said, you seem like a nice boy. She just changed the date and said, I want you to be hired. And they hired me at a restaurant uh, where I ended up be becoming the youngest general manager in the company. I memorized every manual they had, Jen. Oh Operations and procedures, policy and procedures, repair and maintenance. I still know. When I was a general manager, I thought I was rich because I was making more money than a lot of my peers and, and my mom. And I was the general manager of Church's Fried Chicken. So <laughs> it was kind of really naive. But it's easy to be rich when you live with your mom. That's good chicken. I've had that. I've had that. Well, I do know how to make the big wings. I know the secret to that. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was the youngest district manager. I had six restaurants, the youngest regional manager. And I was really good with numbers. I was really good with P&L. We strive. Excellence was fun. We wanted to do everything better. We were cleaner. Service was faster. And because of the energy in my age, I duplicated myself. I took 14 of my classmates that all became managers from an hourly wage, just coming in just as an hourly wage. And we made a lot of history. I went to Texas and got with a company called Steak and Ale. I never steak, lobster, prime rib. I actually had a t-shirt said, marry me and eat for free, because I could give a girl some free lobster and prime rib, <laughs> steak, candles on the table, and champagne. And we had restaurants. We used to own Bennigan's. And we had restaurants everywhere. I had about 200 employees. And I learned a lot about myself, but about other people. And I think that was really the foundation of my life. Because coming from the urban parts of Chicago, and now I'm in Dallas, Houston, and then Midland, Odessa. In uh -huh. Midland, Odessa, I had 150 employees, and none of them looked like me. I didn't How see a person. How old were you like at that time? 1980. Yeah. I, don't, I don't count years. I count pounds. I was 100 pounds ago. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I was a martial artist for 13, 14 years. I used to teach, so I always count pounds. <laughs> but, you know, I was managing this restaurant. I had created the most incredible relationships. I still have them. That was in 1980, 80 to 86. 
So I had the most incredible relationships and friendships. And I remember meeting people that we were both impactful for each other's lives. So when I look at today and all the things that are going on, I went through that journey as a very young man. You yeah. know, many years ago, I went through that. So the thing for me was everybody was so kind. It gave me an opportunity to shift my paradigm. And there wasn't any fear. They were just really, really great people. And I realized that people are, are just people. And we all have the things we believe in and don't believe in. But I've been able to learn from everyone I've been around. And I've been very, very blessed to be, have some incredible, incredible relationships throughout this country and, and abroad as well. So if I would say the foundation is that I learned to love people and I've learned to learn how to love people. And to me, that was a secret because it keeps me happy. every. I've been happy every day, Jen, for over 23 years. I tried to have a bad day. It didn't even work out. So I just gave it up. Every day I'm <laughs> I love it. That is so funny. And truly, because you love people, this is why mm-hmm. when I introduced you and I said that people love to hug you, they're mirroring you. You're mm-hmm. so approachable. You're so, people just want to be around you. I want to be around you. And I was around you, you know, but I love being around you because you just exude love and you exude happiness and joy. And I think that's the way that business should be and that people mm-hmm. should be. Yeah. Rather than chasing business and people, attracting people and being that magnet and your joy is magnetizing. There is no question about it. So let me ask you this question. So you were doing that for a really long time. And of course, you were down in Texas, but you now live in Chicago. So where did this all come in that you all of a sudden became James Dentley, super powerhouse, international speaker, trainer to people, inspirational, motivational speaker? Where did that come from? How did that transition happen? Wow, that's interesting. Now, I was always, like I said, I was in management, so I always had a skill to develop people because I had to find ways to help to win, to become Mm -hmm. successful. And the only way I could figure out to do that as a young man was to help other people win, to really be vested in who they were as an individual and to put them in the best positions and places where they can really win and really thrive. I went to Atlanta, Georgia, and I came home out of the restaurant business from Texas, and we came back home to Chicago, opened up several businesses. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to live the American dream. And what happened, Jen, I owned all these businesses, but they always owned me. And I had successes, but I wasn't happy. I would get frustrated. It was tough. I didn't have any mentorship. I didn't understand what it takes to start and stay and to scale. I didn't understand. And when I sold all that stuff and moved to Atlanta, someone tricked me to go to a network marketing meeting after I told him no on four occasions. I get in this car and he kidnapped me and he put me in a meeting. And I remember I was 33. I was mad. I just met him two weeks earlier. This 20-year-old kid in front of the room and he was saying these things. And, and at the end of his presentation, I said, well, I'm going to try it just in case it works. And I got involved in a company that was May 26 of 94. I tripled my income and left my last job January 13th of 95. Wow. I stayed there 10 and a half years. We made millions of dollars. We helped that company grow from about $4 million, $7 million a year to about $800 million. Wow. And uh, I would travel abroad. We opened up the first 12 countries uh, for them as well. And they taught us about communication, but more importantly, who we needed to become if we wanted to create the success that we had the potential to have. And they said our success can take us someplace that character could never keep us. So they really taught us the foundation and the psychology of not just communication, but really how to show up and how to communicate internally, to be internally driven, that you can get up and operate on path and purpose, not some days, but every day for a consistent amount of time 
and reach your goals and to get past the emotional frustrations that people have and to never be frustrated, just get fascinated and give it all a different meaning. And that our story, our story, no matter, it would be tough, but our story would be the catalyst that would inspire, it would be the greatest currency because with our story, it would inspire us and position us to be able to help and really help people create breakthroughs in their lives that was well beyond any type of monetary success we could have. Yeah, so that's yeah. where it began. Yeah, if you listen to all my stuff, you'll hear that same kind of thing. I build lifestyle business mastery, right? Where you're mastering your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's what you're mastering, not your business. Your no. business will be really good and I will help you master that too. <laughs> but it's about being fulfilled and not feeling like you come home every day having eaten soup with a fork. You're not full. So I want, it's funny that you brought up the inner success because I know you have the inner game of success. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because when I think inner game, I think mindset, but I think that there's more to it in your context. And so I want everyone to hear Mm -hmm. what it is beyond just the mindset of waking up and saying, well, I'm going to have a good day and nobody's going to get me down. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's certain principles that just operate and they operate, doesn't matter how one feels about them, they just operate for you or they operate on you. To learn how to understand that everything in life happens two times. It's the thought, then the thing, the mental, then the physical, the inner, and then the outer. And that we really can create our own reality. We really can tell the future if we're willing to write it and step into it. When I say write it, just not physically uh, just writing it down with a pen. It's really writing it in your heart and living it, writing it with your footsteps that you go towards your goal. And even when you reach that adversity, you live by the creed of Augmandino when he says, I will persist until I succeed. I will persist and so I will win. That you realize then that we all are nature's greatest miracle. We're nature's greatest unique miracle. There's no one, Jen, who has your DNA. No. We can identify if you go to China, we can find out if you've been there by a piece of your hair. There's yeah. no one who has your fingerprint, your voice inflection, your eye pupil. You are nature's greatest miracle. The children we bring into the world, no one else can create those children except for you. Yeah. No one can do that. So when you understand that no matter how you feel about yourself, and we go through these times, we find out, are we really good enough? Are we worthy? We still have that eight-year-old child that kind of drives our life most of the time. You know, how, <laughs> yes, it yeah, is. Yes, amen to that. Okay. Yeah. How do we do it? I use the acronym of a, a PIES, P-I-E-S. The physical aspect, you control the way your emotions are by the way you move your body. If a person is depressed or having a bad day, if they sit erect up in the chair, matter of fact, when people sit back like this, they can increase their testosterone level and bring their energy up because we are all human beings that are created with energy. So we don't ever have to find energy. People say, I don't have the energy. No, you are energy. You have to summon it. And by the way you move your body, if you look shoulders straight up and look at the ceiling and smile, you can't even make yourself become depressed. So once you understand that your body is such a big catalyst, and that's part of the book, the body had to take years and years, thousands, maybe millions of years learning how to operate every cell, learning how to mirror and to duplicate and to replace itself and to replenish and to thrive and learning how to get it right so your body has to learn how to operate. So we have to help it by the things we're going to put into it. And we don't all have to be like gods and goddesses, but we have to be functional. We have to have energy. We have to be able to step up and stand up and be able to have the energy that we need. So the physical part is extremely important. And then it's the intellectual. Mm -hmm. All leaders are readers. Now, not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. You have to know your stuff. It's specialized knowledge. 
you must invest the time to learn the things you need to learn. But you want to learn from the best people in class, but every person that you meet or encounter would be important because they're going to be a great example, but terrible reminder. So if somebody <laughs> inspires you to say, I like that trait, then you mirror and match that. If they yeah. don't, then you make sure you don't do those and have those behaviors. The E is for emotional. Most people are externally directed. We like the weather. We go with the wind. We go with the whims of the day. And you have to make a decision that you're going to make. I make a decision on the meaning of things that come into my life. What do they really mean to me? In other words, you learn to separate how you really feel from what you know to be true. I think that we all just run 100 miles an hour and we don't take the time to really understand how we're impacted by things. Even the good things, we don't take a long enough time to enjoy them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. To just sit back on the wall and look at the sky and look at how beautiful this world is that we're really in. To really hear a bird to, with intention, to really listen, to be to connect because we're made of the same chemical makeup as the earth. Yeah. We're carbon beings. So we're here to be in harmony. Yeah. When you work in harmony, it really kind of works. Like somebody feels like their heart is broken. But we do an EKG and it's not really broken. It's just in a story. Right. It's just in the story. And once you understand that and understand how to tell your story and how to become a great communicator, which I believe is is your currency, and then you'll learn how to take a person on a journey within themselves, they can never go on by themselves. And when you become fully self-expressed and tap into the emotional part of it, and, you know, we're going to lose it every now and then, but we can come back very quickly and get on path and purpose. And then the spiritual part of it, who are you really? Who are you? Where's your power coming from? Even if you want to bring it from the universe, where's that power coming from? What do you believe in when you can get in those quiet moments Mm-hmm. and understand that no one ever reaches their full potential by themselves, but you have all the tools. But in the quiet moments, you'll find clarity, peace, gratitude. That's the foundation of achievement. I absolutely love that. It's funny. I was going to tell you a quick story. Not this past year when I wasn't able to go to the gala, but last year when I was at the gala, I had been on the road, I think, like 47 days before I got there. Uh-huh. And I was a little wired and I went, uh, I'm Catholic, so I went to Mass on Sunday morning. And I think that was after the event. Yeah, because I think it was on Saturday night. So I went to Mass on Sunday morning, and I came back. I must have had a look on my face of something. Someone who was at the event said to me, hey, Jen, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Getting back to square one, went to church, feel much better. And they said, well, you know, have you walked around on the grass outside of the hotel? And I said, what do you mean? That's so crazy. Yeah, and earthy. she said, no, 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 let's go do it together. And I said, okay, I, you know, I'm game, whatever. So we went out into that courtyard between, you know, the hotel and where the event was held. And we were walking around in the grass in our bare feet. And amazing, amazing how I connected with Mother Earth. I couldn't believe yes. it. And now yes. it's something I do every place I go. As soon yeah. as I get the chance to take my shoes off and walk outside and connect with that location, <sighs> Yes, absolutely. Calmness comes around me. Yeah, yeah, Jen, they call it earthing. Yeah, but I tell you, it has made such a difference because you're right, that clarity and that peace is there for me, and it allows for me to deliver my message in a different way. I'm positive of it. Mm -hmm. I'm positive. I'm sure it exudes more, and you're probably earthing more than anybody else because it exudes out of you more than anybody I know. Well, I live in Chicago. You don't earth in December. No. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or even in February. 
So yeah. I want to talk, I want to ask you, I said I wanted to ask you the difference between what you think is the difference between motivation and inspiration. If you think there is a difference in that, because there are people that are inspired on this mm-hmm. podcast to make a change and make a difference and say, because my mess is my message or I was successful and I just feel this calling becomes inspiration, but then they talk about it forever. It's like writing a book. I really want to write a book, but it's taken me 12 years to write it, right? That's not my case. I'm talking about other people. So what is your definition of the difference between inspiration and motivation? If you look at Webster's Dictionary, they're both right in alignment with each other. They used to coin the phrase motivational speaker. I never really liked it. And I just, and when I sent you the bio earlier, it was an old bio. <laughs> I, just, I saw bio and I said, cool, okay, sit down. Because <laughs> we have shorter ones, but I would have to read five of them and I had uh, a lot of chores to do today. But anyway, inspiration pulls you. It draws you in. When you're inspired, it's like the love I have for my wife is inspiring because it pulls me. It's, it's effortless. I don't have to push myself to love her. I wake up in the morning and just tap and it just in. Happens. So, yeah. So you have those goals and dreams and visions and things that just excite you and things that really are, are part of you and what you really want to accomplish. Then it's so big that it pulls you towards your goals and dreams. Motivation kind of pushes. Yeah. It kind of pushes. It doesn't last as long. But as long as you can keep your eye on the things that you want and stay away from the things you don't want. Job said in the Bible, the things that I have feared have come upon me. Because when you focus on the negative, you will manifest that because you're yeah. feeding it. You're nourishing that. So when you look at what you want, you wake up and you're inspired. So for the audience, I would say, if you think about a time when, where you were in love and you woke up and you wanted to just, that person was right on your mind when you went to bed, they were on your mind when you woke up, but it was too early to call them at three o'clock in the morning. You don't want to run them away and make them feel like you're stalking. <laughs> but you're inspired. You can't wait to do it. And after 20 years of marriage, then you, won't get, you want to get motivated. <laughs> that's right so it's best that's right. Now you have to be pushed where's the ring where's the ring james where's the ring yeah <laughs> yeah all that yeah exactly there you go so it's inspiration is when you have a goal and a big dream and you keep it in front of it there was a, a movie i took my son to go see sharks you ever heard of shark boy and lava girl you ever heard of that no i've never heard of that shark boy and lava girl okay uh, my son turned 23 two days ago i took him to see the movie he was about six and I thought I was going to go to sleep in his 3D movie because I'd been working late. I said, well, he's <laughs> right. six. I can trick him. Right. I'll go to sleep and put the glasses on. And I couldn't take my eyes off of this movie. And Lava Girl, she made a statement. She said, when you feel like all the chips are down, when you feel like you can't take another step, when you feel like you can't breathe, you can't function, it's confused as you live in a cloud. She said, all you have to do is dream a bigger dream. And I find that when a person has a very small dream, I'll give an example here. It's almost like we take our challenges and the problems and the things happen in our life that can distract us and we make them important. We begin to major in the minors and we take all the issues and bring them right here. Yeah. And you can't see anything. And you can't see anything because if you're taking the issues and you make them so big that you don't look at solutions, you just go into your emotions. So when you have a big goal and big dream, then that same challenge that you look at, you make it become so small. Oh, in the nice. scope of that, I can still see where does I want to go. And that's why they have to put blinders on a horse or on a horse yeah. race or a dog race. Because if you look to the right, left, and the right, you know, we call it shiny objects. 
Right, of course. You get distracted. And with a head goes, the body follows. You have to keep the mind single and get laser focused. And that doesn't mean you don't have a life. That means you're not all over the place. You have got laser focus. You're learning. You're growing. One of the great things that we talked about before the show started was you mentioned Frank Shankowitz and Jeff Hoffman and people like that. Yeah. We're all friends. And they understand the value of relationship. We hang out with people that we build relationships with. And yeah. you have relationships with people that you like. And you like people who have something in common with you or something that you admire or you revere that they have. And yeah. that's why. Because you think about all the people you like, there's something that brings you all together. And Absolutely. the people that you don't spend time with, then it's totally the opposite. Right. Yeah. You can't even figure out where that thread is. And, and you know, and I call that a golden thread of friendship because it is a golden thread that goes through all the friends. There's something, mm-hmm. when it goes to each friend, there's a reason that I'm pulled to them and drawn yes. to them. And I absolutely love that. So I want to ask you, since you talked about the people that you know and the friendships that you have, of all the people you know and that you've met, and they don't have to be personalities and famous, they could be just the person next door or somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Who inspires you? Who has motivated and inspired you where you just go, that's the person that no matter what they're doing, I have to be part of. I have to listen to them. I have to stop. I have to get their book. I have to watch them. Who's um, that person for you? Wow. The only person I could really think of right now would be, it was my mom who passed in last September. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. But I believe you live forever by the people you touch while you're here. So we still talk daily. It's okay. That's right. Amen. That's right. My mom's sitting here right now, poking on my shoulder going, you better ask him that question. There you go. There you go. At least I don't have to go make coffee anymore. I'll take that. I get inspired by so many people. I was speaking last night to a group, virtually, of course. Remember Dr. Dennis Kimbrough? I saw him speak at a luncheon in 1994. It was my first business luncheon I've ever been to. And I remember that he had so much power. He wrote a book called What Makes the Great Great? And he wrote Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. He was commissioned by Napoleon Hill to write What Makes the Think and Grow Rich because Napoleon Hill was going to do a version of that, but he died before he could finish it. So they brought him in. I never saw a person speak with so much power and passion. And I said, that's what I want to do. Now, consequently, that night was going to be the first night I was tasked with doing a presentation in front of a live audience. (laughs) <laughs> I had been scared to death. I had not slept in two weeks. I'm not exaggerating. I was uh, speaking to the doorknob, to the steering wheel. Right. I drove next to me and thought I was a crazy person. <laughs> and I went to him and I said, um, tonight's my first night speaking in public. Can you give me any pointers? And he looked at me and said, well, I'm not a speaker. I'm an author. I'm a professor. I just talk about what other people speak about. But I have a friend of mine who trains speakers, and I want you to call him. I'm going to give you his direct number. Tell him that I gave you the number, he will help you. And he, I gave him a copy, brought a copy of his book, and he wrote into the book, he wrote in the book, to James, the world's greatest speaker. Oh believe. my gosh. And he said, believe. And is magically, the words jumped out into my heart. Yeah. I put the paper in my pocket, I went out that night, I went home, changed clothes, I went out that night, and I knocked it out of the park. And I got home, I got all this adrenaline going, I, I've been through this. <laughs> I opened up the paper, and it was Les Brown's phone. What a great man he is. Yeah, and we've been friends for 23 or 24 years. We're like brothers. All the kids, they said, you're more like his brothers than his brothers. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, and he's got a bunch of them. I actually was able to give him the Legacy Award when Ryan presented me with it the first year they had it. 
oh, I was really? able to pass that on to Les because I get to choose who I gave it to. So the next year I gave it to Les, and the year after that I gave it to Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, so yeah. Well, I love that. Yeah, I was really fortunate after City Gala, Les Brown Jr. reached out to me. Yeah. Okay, Wesley, John Wesley. Speak with him. Yeah. yeah. So I did some speaking with him, and we created a couple things. So you know, love okay. the family, love them. That. Oh my gosh, what a great thing! Did you ever keep that piece of paper? Please tell me you did. I lost it. Let me tell you what happened. At the time, I was actually homeless. Oh wow! I was actually living in an apartment hotel. So no wonder would, you felt the way you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every week I would have to earn enough money to re up on the rent. I think it was like $118 a week with a refrigerator in the room. And I tell you, it was so incredible because I learned a lot though. Because when I got there, the beds were sunken in, yeah. it was, the lights were dim, there was more gum on the floor than carpet. Right. And I promise you, the gum was running. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Just because of humidity and everything else? No, because there were bugs. Oh, really? <laughs> and oh I would spray gosh. the room. I would spray the room down. I ended up contracting sarcoidosis of the lungs. And oh. I think part of it was because I was inhaling the fumes from rain. Right. Because you yeah. were doing the rain for yourself, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to kill bugs. I'm killing myself. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I learned? I learned in that experience that in the human condition, life always chooses life, Jen. You yeah. get used to it. You will adapt to whatever situation you're in because the goal of life itself is to live. No yeah. matter what the situation is, you'll find a way to survive. And it can be a little scary because your eyes adjust to the dim light. Yeah. And then when you get out of that and you see the brightness again, it's almost like you've been living your life with green sunglasses on. And now you take them off and you see colors. Yeah. And it's a new awakening. Yeah. But I've been inspired to answer your question by so many people, people like yourself who do great work, people like the Jeff Hoffmans who create and that started with, with very humble beginnings and now has been able to impact the world, these multi-billion dollar companies. Yeah. I get inspired by the moms that, that persevere and make it through adversity and, and that can tell their story that inspires the heart and, and open up the mind, you know, and, and spurt that inspire the imagination. I really get inspired by everyone I meet now because everybody has a story and right. I teach them how to tell it. So. Yeah. And I think it starts with a story, don't you think? I mean, whether you're trying to be a speaker, an author, start a charity or movement or start a business, it all starts with your story. Exactly. And if you can find your story, if you can figure out what makes you tick, I mean, because that's really what it is, is what makes you tick. Yeah. And share that with people and people understand why you do what you do. Then I think you are attracting people to you. People as a three psychological questions internally, and that's who are you? What do you do? What value do you bring? And, and why should I really care? Yeah. And when you cross that in a very authentic way, a lot of times we don't think our story is that important. It's nothing that's special about me. I'm just me. We lower the bar, but we don't really understand that our story, there are people out there that can only hear your story and yeah. nobody else can touch that except for you and sharing that. So we're all connected, and there's nothing more powerful than the power of the human connection. So you got to yeah. tell a story. I think that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. Okay, so I want to kind of move on to the just the last part of what we're going to talk about today. And I know that you have mm -hmm. a new book out, and I don't know if it's new, new, but you have a new book out called The Five Frequencies of High Performance. Mm -hmm. And you were saying that one, one of the things that you just talked about was one of the frequencies, but I know it's for personal, for professional growth. So who is the person that should be getting this book? I know it's because for personal and professional growth, but who is the kind of person that needs this book that should be saying, you know, that's something I need because I'm stuck somewhere? Yeah. 
Well, the word stuck. First of all, a person stuck is never because of what you can't do. It's because of what you want to do. Ability and willingness, baby. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) You know, in life, people, we really don't fail as much as we can form. Yeah. We get caught into this time loop. And what you live, you learn. What you learn, you practice. What you practice, you become. Everyone should read the book. And a lot of people say, well, everything's not for everyone. But let me tell you why. Because we're creatures of energy. And we have to understand when we're having these emotional conversations that don't give us power, that that is a frequency. Yes. And when you have in that frequency, the only thing you're going to hear is what's on that frequency. It's almost like someone can lose a, a control of a car and they get hit a wall when they really, when there was a lot of wide open space because they're focusing on not hitting the wall, not hitting the wall. Yeah. But what they're really focused on is the wall. You know, you have to focus on where you want it to go. In race car driving, They teach the drivers, when you lose control of the car, and you will because you're going 180 to 220 an hour, and in life you're going to lose control because you're going 180 to 220 in a minute. When you lose control of the car, never look at the wall. Always look at where you want the car to go. Follow the puck, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So when you look at uh, your frequency and learn how to tap in, it's going to control the emotion, just like your voice is like the soundtrack to a movie. And movies have a certain frequency about it that's embedded in the soundtrack and in the lighting to drive a certain emotion that they already know is going to work before they release it because they've already tested it. They already know there's certain songs or certain soundtracks you hear that make will spark a feeling. They will trigger a feeling yeah. within you. So when you're looking at frequency, it's like you're tapped into a frequency and if it's not giving you power, then you're tapped into like the 89 seven FM and that's all you're going to get. But if you want to go to a higher level and you tap into a frequency that is more like a 105.5 AM, that's what happens when we're as social distancing and we're working from home. And yes, I love it, it because is. that's and the reality of it. That, by the way. Vicious, yeah, my vicious grandson, little Maltese, by the way. Vicious. Yeah, that was eight that's my eight year old grandson. His mom my daughter took him to the doctor this morning. <laughs> An ear infection because he won't get out the pool. He goes to the oh, pool, the jacuzzi, the jacuzzi, yeah. the pool. Yeah. So she just brought him back from the doctor. You were saying if you want to get to 100% frequency. Yeah. You have to tap into the frequency that gives you that power. The easiest way to do it is to read books and to control where your mind's going to go by the relationships. You change your life by the people you spend time around, books you read, the information that you bring into your, into your space. Because if you're having a challenge, you're going to find somebody else is going to amen that challenge with you. They're going to understand and be empathetic. Or you're going to find somebody that's going to lift you out of it. So yeah, first of all, you have to understand, out. yeah, right. what station are you tapped into? What station are you programmed yeah. to? Yeah, it's a lot working of people, out, right? When you have a workout buddy and that one day, yeah. you're like, I don't really be in the mood. And you go, okay, that's fine. And then yeah. they kind of bring you down the whole time. Yeah, because they're controlling your frequency. But here's the thing. Once you do it enough time, it becomes so instinctive and becomes so ritualistic and so habitual that your body will not be happy if you don't work out. Your body will let you know, I don't like this. So when you create these habits and these rituals by doing certain things over and over and over and reinforcing them, and that is really the frequency to how we choose the frequency of our life. It's the paradigm that we're on. So you have to have to raise it up. And to do that, you want to get about only quality people and know who you can count on but also know who you can count out. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. What I always say to everybody is work with people and surround yourself with people who complement and not complicate. 
Yes. I don't have time for complicated people because life's too short. Life's too short. Yeah. Well, I help that? someone who is in complicated problem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So what does the future hold for you, James? What's going to happen? I mean, here we are, we're in COVID, right? We're in COVID now and we're continuing to work and all of us have shifted because we're used to speaking on stages. And so we've done some shifting, but what does the future hold for you? What have you learned over the last three, three and a half months that you've been confined in quarantine? Because it's been quiet and it's allowed for more opportunities to present themselves. What's going on with you? What's going to happen with you? Well, here's the interesting thing. It happened before COVID. Oh, really? So, yeah. I've been home for 20 plus years. Oh, I, oh, yeah. 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 And I had to have a surgery on my hip. And I so I, when I had the surgery right after the gala, that was in yeah. February, I was already at home. I'm very happy being at home. I've always been here. My wife's been here. She's a double scientist and a physicist, retired, and she's home. We're here as one big happy family. So I already made a decision that I would take all of my trainings and put them online. Oh, I would focus on what happened, Jen, is our health and wellness MLM company, our company, our business has quadrupled in income. Isn't that crazy? I, mean, I know. It's so busy. Yeah. It, it really is growing tremendously and because it's a health thing and everybody's focused on their health. Our foods are killing us. So I got some of the tea from her. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. I got some of the tea because my husband's diabetic. Okay. And I said, Kara, I really, really need to try this to get it. And yeah, so no, I got some of it. I got something else for you to try then. If he's diabetic, he wants to try the Ganoderma. You know, Sharon Lecter. Sharon Lecter, of course, you know Sharon, right? Uh, Sharon Lecter. The name rings a bell. I she just... wrote Think and Grow Rich for Women. She wrote all oh, the okay. Rich Dad, yes, Poor Dad books. Yes, yes, yes. Sharon Lecter says, if you can solve a problem and fill a need, then you have the foundation to, to create success. Yeah. How do you solve a problem and fill a need? And See, with all the anxiety that's taking place right now, there's two okay. things that are going on. With 20% unemployment, people want to make more money, and they want yeah. to be able to do it from home if they can because they can't go anyplace else anyway. So okay. that works. Okay. And then people are really focused on becoming even healthier. Yeah. So because of that, then it's gotten kind of ridiculous that honestly, in the last three months, our income has jumped over seven figures a year. Yeah. You know what I did as soon as we came into COVID, um, and I've done this a couple of times over the last, you know, umpteen years, but I don't do it every quarter, but I instituted and executed on the 12 week year. Yes. Yeah. And so in 12 short weeks, I've accelerated my business a full year. Mm -hmm. And it is a blessing from above. Yes. As bad as everything is, but there is this blessing from above because when would I have accelerated my business? Because, you know, I was on the road two to three weeks a week. Mm -hmm. you know, speaking mm -hmm. and, and all the other things were being put on the back burner. And now they all had to be brought to the front burner. So I have grown exponentially as well during this period. And, and yeah. I'm hoping that the people that are listening are making their own pivots and their own taking their baby steps to get things done. Because now is the time to do it. I mean, this is I hope not. I mean, if you're listening and you are really having a difficult time, I'm so sorry. And I have empathy for that. But I'm hoping that everyone sees this as an opportunity to, yes. to really challenge ourselves and really grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. in the midst of all calamity, there's always great opportunity. Yeah. And it, really, it really comes down to what are you looking at? And that goes back to your frequency. To the wrong. Yeah. What are, you, yeah. <laughs> what are you looking at? You're focusing on the wrong thing. There's opportunity there for you because... A lot of people are really uh, afraid and they have a lot of anxiety financially, but you can create revenue. Money is easy to get. It just, it's just a matter of creating value. 
You know, yeah. just have to start thinking about it. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at then change. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I love that from you because I, in fact, I printed it before this call and I, because I was taking notes from you. We first met in New York at City Summit. Okay. And then, of course, I've seen you two or three times, and there's something that you say about something along the lines of what Les says, and I always quote Les, he says, if you're casual about your life, your life will become a casualty. Yeah. And you said something very similar to that about Ooh, um, your focus and your dreams. So can you recall what that is? Wow. Hey, you don't get in life what you want. You get in life who you are. I say a lot of things. You know, I'm known you're for my James-isms. You know what you said? This is what you said. It isn't a disaster to not reach your goals. It's a tragedy to not have a goal. Got it. <laughs> must be Benjamin that was very, I mean, that really, really got me. Yeah. That yeah. really, really got me. Yeah. Because I think that's the thing is a lot of people don't have goals right now. They're just saying, just mm -hmm. get me out of this thing. Just, I need to survive. And I think that's what drives us. So, so yeah. what would you like to leave us with? What would you like to leave with someone who's going to be listening to this and saying, you know what, I'm just teeter-tottering. I'm in this quandrum. I don't know where I'm going to go. I, I don't have clarity. I hear what he's saying. I'm going to get the book and I know we can get it at thefivefrequencies.com. And that's the five frequency. Go to five frequencies of high performance. Amazon, they have it on Amazon. Yep. Yep. 100% uh, so of that goes to the nonprofit, yep. charity. Oh, there yep. we go. There you go. And see, that's another thing that's great about you is the charity component. Everybody I work with, including myself, I have charity component to what I do. And I absolutely love that. But what would you like to say to everyone? They're just in that quandrum. They're saying, I want to make the shift from success to significance, or I have a story that I want to tell, but I just can't start going over that bridge. What do you want to say to them? First of all, know that you're God's greatest miracle, that unique, beautifully and wonderfully made, that whatever you're going through, it's not what you go through, it's really what you grow through. And what you think is an obstacle is really gonna be a tremendous blessing that every bit of adversity, every bit of adversity will bear a seed that will offer you equal and opposite advantage if you nurture it. But you have to be put in the right environment to be nurtured. There's a story of three wise men that were retiring and trying to decide what to do with this thing called greatness because the greatness lives in every human being. If you look at the stories of so many people, there was a gentleman that had a great recipe. He retired at 65 years of age, and, and he went to 1,008 people with this great recipe, and they all rejected him. That man is Colonel Sanders. Yeah. You tell a woman and abuse her when she's a kid, and I'll give you Oprah Winfrey. Tell her she'll never walk, and I'll give you Wilma Rudolph, who gets up and wins gold medals on track and field. You know, tell him he's a blind man. He can't even see his way around. I'll give you Ray Childs. You don't believe that, I'll bring you back Stevie Wonder. So you right. tell a lady she's too old and she's, she's 88 years old. She gets on television and says, where's the beef? And changes the history of her family <laughs> yes, forever. Yeah. So the world's waiting for you and waiting for your story. How do you snatch and to claim victory in the midst of your perceived defeat? These things are there to bless you because your adversities, your adversities will give you the story to be able to guide other people through. That's what's going to create the movie of your life that makes it interesting. Nobody wants to re-see the movie. Once upon a time, I was born perfect. My life was perfect and I'm here perfect. Nobody wants to see that. We need some drama in there to yeah. bring in people to let them know to make the connection. So in these three stories, these three wise men said, look, we have to hide greatness from the human race because they'll destroy each other. There's too much power. One wise man said, I got it. Why don't we stick it at the top of the highest mountain? And the other wise man said, no, you don't understand. They'll find a way to soar to the clouds and they'll, they'll still capture it. Yeah. The other wise man said, why don't we put it in the deepest part of the ocean? 
They don't even know what's down there. The other wise men said, no, they'll find a way to even light up the depths of the sea. And the third wise man said, I got it. Why don't we just put it inside of them? They'll never find it there. Yeah, Each and every one of us have that gem. So I always say, stand before your dreams, every woman, every man. In times of trials, always believe that you can. And if you fall, nor again you will rise. When you feel weak, you focus on your prize. And by faith, you keep walking towards your goal. By faith, you keep talking from the depths of your soul. Jen's show was designed for people like you and me. Just tune in, stay with her, and over time, you will see. Don't turn back from your dreams. To give up is a sin. You have to follow your dreams until you win. I ask God, just give me one more chance before I die. I spread my wings and I learn to fly. you got incredible leaders. you got examples all around you and you got you. Just hold up your end. And if you stand on the shoulders of greatness, I promise you'll win. So just keep working hard. Keep doing what's right. Keep working your plan until your plan takes flight. Now is the time to grow up. Now is the time to show up. And then the whole world will see. There's power in your dreams. They're alive in you, just like they're alive in me. These are your dreams and your goals that you must daily defend and just keep following those dreams until you win. Wow. Who loses Absolutely. when you decide not to win? Who loses? Absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, James, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I know you have a busy schedule, and I look forward to seeing you again, hopefully on the Marketers Cruise next year. You're coming to Chicago real soon for a big event. I am. You let us know when you're coming in there, and we'll take good care of you. Karen and I will come awesome. and grab you. Awesome. I will. I'll let you know. I'll be there shortly. Yeah, and, and maybe I'll see you at City Summit, too. I know that Alec is yes. putting that together and keeping it going, so I'm excited about that opportunity as well. So, yes. James, I just can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you taking time to share with us. It's just I'm so filled with gratitude. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.